Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Goodbyes are hard, Spartan fans, but that's college sports in 2021. The offseason roster shakeup continues for Michigan State basketball. Two players announcing their intentions to leave the school in the last week. One for the NBA, the other via the ever-growing transfer portal. There's also a newish coach reported to be joining Tom Izzo's staff to replace Dane Fife, who left for Indiana. We will discuss all that and what it means for next year and also probably checking on the football team on episode 31 of MLive's Spartan Confidential Podcast. It is a rainy April 15th, 2021. Brandon Champion here with Kyle Austin and Matt Wenzel. Uh, Matt, I've got a tea time set for later. Uh, am I crazy? Yeah, didn't it snow this morning? <laughs> <laughs> I'm from, I'm, I'm, I wait till it's a little bit warmer. As long as you can distinguish your ball from the snowflakes, you're good. That's that's my philosophy. Listen, guys, I've been out six times already. You know, I'm I'm I am ready for golf season. What's the coldest weather you've ever golfed in, Kyle? Uh, cold enough so that like when you hit it on the heel of the club, it like reverberates up your hands. You know, Um, definitely, definitely that cold, which I don't like. Kind of like you know taking one in on the on the hands in a baseball bat, getting jammed. That cold. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't love getting out there, but I think I made my first one for Sunday, so I'm getting out there too. All right, I played yeah. with snow on the course, and I've also played. We had a tournament long about 20 years ago up north in like May, and of course, and this is in Indian River. <laughs> we we start like birdie birdie, and then it just starts snowing like crazy to the point where the ball is like the size you're putting on the green. The ball is like the size of a baseball or so before it stops. At, you know, 30 feet short of the hole. So yeah, that's not my kind of golf. Yeah. I played nine holes by myself in 37 degree weather a couple weeks ago. That was, you know, I didn't really mind it. I'm, you know, I'm a Northern Michigan guy. I just bundle up and I just like being out there and just being outside. You know, I think we're looking at like 46 by uh, mid afternoon here. So uh, maybe we're going to have to brave it. I got first league I'm joining a league this year, so I got to practice. I'm determined to take my game to the next level this year. So good, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, we're not here to talk about golf. But uh, it'd be nice if the if the warm weather could show up and stay, so that we could play golf whenever we want. But uh, lots to get to today regarding the basketball program, and also we get some football news here and there. If you could please like, rate, and review the podcast wherever you're listening, that would be very much appreciated. Spread the word about the Spartan Confidential Podcast and check out our work on MLive.com slash Spartans. Let's get to it, though, Kyle. Aaron Henry, junior uh, forward slash guard wing type, uh, announces his expected intentions to enter the 2021 NBA draft. 
this is something we've been expecting for a while. He obviously dabbled with it last year. Um, but what was your reaction to uh, Henry's announcement? Um, you know, just that it was a matter of time. Um, and, you know, I, I guess I expected, too, that he would. It seems like the door shut, and this is not a testing the waters and leaving it open. It sounds like he's – my understanding is he's totally in this time, which is expected. I mean, I think – you know, what, when he was in it last year, I think there were a lot of people kind of like, oh, why is he in it? When's he going to come back? But I, I think he really gave it a lot harder look than most people thought last year, which I think we talked about on the pod and, and came really close, talked to 20 teams, got good feedback. Uh, so if you, if you come that far and then you come back and have a good year, average 15 points a game, lead your team in points, rebounds, and assists, um, clearly become the guy. Um, I, I think it's, it's the logical thing to do. Um, uh, looking at a second round pick, obviously he's still got weaknesses to his game, but I, I think you can reach a point where you're not going to get very much out of another year. You know what I mean? And, and losing that year of, you know, earning potential of your professional career isn't worth it. Um, and, and it's, it's kind of time to go. And it sounds like that was a decision he made pretty quick. It sounds like everybody at Michigan state pretty much agrees. So uh, pretty, pretty expected development there. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Henry this year, I mean, he quite literally dragged this team to the NCAA tournament. I mean, he led them in almost every notable category uh, in those three upset wins at home. He was playing on another level. He was playing like one of the best players in the country. We saw him, you know, bring him out of a rut uh, when they went to Nebraska and he dropped, you know, 27 um, to get them a big win when they needed it. And, and Henry really improved on every aspect of his game, except for the one that NBA scouts are looking at the yeah. most, which is his three-point shooting. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing I think that if you want to talk about Aaron Henry, the pro prospect, like we know the kid can play. He's athletic enough to guard in the NBA. I think he could get to the basket in the NBA. You know, he can do most things, I think, on an NBA level quarter, at least a, a high-level professional basketball His shooting is the thing I think that is holding him back from being a first-round pick. I mean, 29.6% last year. He did shoot a little bit better in his previous seasons, but I don't think he took as many. But but would he have – I don't think he would – if he came back for his senior year, it's not like he's going to come back and turn into a 40% three-point shooter. No, I I agree, and it's not worth worth taking that risk to do it. Um, I mean, I think you're at a point now where you can – um, probably get on a two-way contract, kind of, you know, spend some time in the G League and, and try to try to improve your shot while you're getting paid, um, right. you know, because that's really about, to me, the only major, I mean, major thing he has to work on. So I, I think you reach a point where if it's one thing, you know, go, go improve at the next level. You can certainly see guys who, um, who go into the league uh, with their games not fully formed and, and um, make an improvement in, in an aspect once they're already there. And I think that's probably the game plan with him. Because you're right. I mean, the shooting is definitely going to stand out as we go through the NBA, the draft process. That's going to be the thing people talk about is the shooting and the shooting. But um, I, I don't think it was worth coming back another year just for that. I think this is a pretty, pretty no-brainer decision. So if you want to, you know, talk about it and look at Aaron Henry, big picture, uh, for me personally, during his time at Michigan State, he's been one of my absolute favorite players. Uh, you know, he, he came in as a, a highly rated three-star kid out of Indianapolis, 
Tom Izzo immediately was in love with him, talking about him before his freshman season, about him being able to get pretty big minutes as a freshman because he had the body for it. He had the moxie for it. You know, we obviously had the, the, the Bradley blow up that everyone talked about in the NCAA tournament. Uh, there's been a lot of give and take for Izzo and Henry throughout the years. But it, if you watch Michigan State basketball for the last three years, you know, Aaron Henry was a good player pretty much from the jump. He was a solid contributor. His freshman season was incredible. Uh, as, you know, we don't see freshmen come into Michigan State and have that big of an impact all the time, especially a three-star kid. Um, you know, up and down his, his sophomore year when a lot of people thought he'd take the second step, but he was uh, really, really on the upswing at the end of his sophomore year when the season got called because of COVID. And then last year, just taking his game to a new level. So I think he's one of those classic Izzo guys that you see just brought in, slowly improves his game, uh, develops into a leader, and really did that by challenging himself and by being challenged by Izzo. Um, and the way he stepped up and took a lot of, uh, you know, criticism, honestly, from his coach because his coach knew he could push him was really impressive to me. And uh, the what he did with this team this year, even though it wasn't a very successful season by Michigan State standards, uh, him willing them to the tournament uh, is it was so impressive in my eyes. I agree. And yeah, I mean, considering where he came from, you, you look at his career on the whole, um, you know, really impressive. And, you know, start out, I, I give the staff some credit because for identifying him because he was, he ended up, I think, near the top 100 as far as the rankings, but he was like 200 something, I think, when they took him. Like mm-hmm. not very many big offers. So 140, um, according to the 247 composite. 140, okay. And th- that's way below where they're usually taking guys. So um, for them to take a kid, you know, who really didn't have the rankings, didn't have the offers, um, and have him immediately step in as a freshman. Like to me, and that's a, just a good job of identifying kind of a diamond in the rough talent. Um, and, and we'll probably talk about another guy who kind of the opposite um, in terms of that uh, a little later in the show. So uh, we'll give them the credit now for identifying a guy. But yeah, I mean, a solid player from the start. I mean, a guy who um, versatile, didn't really have any big holes in his game. And that's really kind of what got him on the court originally was able to really uh, had the body was able to really contribute in a lot of ways immediately. Um, I, I think the biggest negative would probably be, I think it, it took him a while. The step we took, saw him take this year is the one that coaches had been waiting a long time for him to kind of take. I think they wanted, he started, he definitely had a good end to his freshman year. Um, but that sophomore year, they really kind of wanted him to, um, to move on to the next level. And he kind of just, kind of had a stop-start year, and it didn't really happen. Uh, and maybe that wasn't fair because he had Cassius Winston on that team and he had Xavier Tillman on that team. So they certainly had some alphas there. But I think they wanted him to to make some strides last year that, that didn't really happen or didn't happen consistently, at least till the end of the year. Uh, but this year, I mean, the, the opportunity was there, and, and he certainly took it um, and uh, became the guy that um, they wanted him to be, a guy that, looking to score a guy that's, that's taking charge, who can get into the lane and defend well. And, um, you know, ran the point at times and, and, you know, um, became everything they wanted him to be. And, um, boy, did they need it. You know, you think about where they would have been, uh, you know, their bubble team, if he would have left, which he came close to doing, as we said, Oh, that, that, uh, that would have been a very rough, rough season for them. And, um, you know, you look at that big 2018 class they brought in, um, you know, the rest of those guys, you know, no one really has 
really come around else from that class. And he was the lowest rated guy and he ended up kind of being the bell cow of that class. So, uh, you know, I hope Michigan State fans appreciate, um, you know, uh, everything he brought. I think, you know, this year, especially, you know, last year they, they would have liked to have him kind of step up and be a guy this year. Like they really, really needed him to do that. How many, games you think they, how many games do you think they would have won if Aaron Henry wasn't on this team? Uh, like 10, <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe. I mean, somebody, I mean, maybe uh, I, I'm struggling to even think. I mean, it's obviously hypothetical, but like, you know, maybe Rocket, you know, needs to be the guy and plays a little better. Maybe Josh, although it felt like Josh here about everything he had yeah. this year. So, yeah, that's, that's a pretty scary what if, I think, for Michigan State fans. Yeah. Well, he's a guy who got better every year in the green and white, you know, he, 22 minutes a game, six points per game as a freshman, 29 minutes, 10 points a game as a, as a sophomore, 32 minutes a game, 15 points a game. And his rebounding went up every year. His assists went up every year. His blocks went up every year. His steals went up every year. Uh, just, just a classic guy who comes to school stays for three years and turns himself into an NBA player. And we've seen that so many times uh, mm-hmm. with this Michigan State system. And I, I think that's why they continue to be highly regarded. It's why guys, kids continue to want to come to Michigan State. Um, you know, all the talk of Izzo losing his touch uh, might be a little bit over-exaggerated over there. Uh, if you, when you look at guys like Aaron Henry, who's a guy who comes to school outside the top 130 and now is an NBA prospect. I mean, that, that says a lot for the program. Yeah, I mean, NBA prospect, all NBA player, and a 15 point a game score. I mean, he, big you can look through the Big Ten conference at all NBA. And the Big Ten, you know, I, I can look through and, you know, the, the 140s range from recruiting rankings, and you're not going to find a lot of guys in that range doing mm-hmm. what he did. Matt, did you have any uh, uh, thoughts on Henry leaving? Yeah, where the hell does all the time go? You bring it up, <laughs> and I think back, I remember watching him at Moneyball. Before his freshman year, and that seems like that was just yesterday. So now this is just an old man rant. Um, but but I remember, but I do recall, you know, I mean, Moneyball is Moneyball. Their defense is illegal, but I remember him at the time looking like the most physically ready of that freshman class to contribute. I know he wasn't, you know, a highly ranked guy, but when you were just, you know, just the eyeball test, he looked like the guy that could that could step in and contribute immediately because he was. I mean, he was, he showed up, what was he, you know, I'm six, six and I don't know, 200 or whatever, but you yeah. know, six, five, 200 is, his yeah, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he was, he looked physically ready to go uh, right from the jump. So, and then I'm uh, proven to be true. Yeah. Uh, and selfishly, I will miss him as a, as a quote, as a reporter, mm-hmm. because yeah. he was fantastic. I was going to say, do you have any, what are your, some of your like memories of Aaron Henry? I mean, whether just from covering, whether it's on the court or off the court, I mean, yeah, he turned into a quote machine this year, but he turned into a quote machine. He had been, he had been kind of quiet, but he was, uh, you know, I'll, I'll remember the the thing his freshman year um, because, um, you know, obviously getting yelled at by Izzo and, he handled that as well as you could um, because, you know, the story is really more about Tom and, and, you know, how he coaches and everything, but that happened at the beginning of the tournament and, and you cover the tournament and you go deep and they went to the final four that year. You're talking to reporters darn near every day, um, open locker rooms, long sessions, you know, 45 minutes of reporters bugging in the locker room after games, after practices. Um, and as you keep going, kind of new reporters come in, national reporters. And it was like, Every day he's getting asked about this, you know, over and over again and um, by, by new people. And uh, it had to have been frustrating. You know, honestly, I think he handled it better than Izzo did a lot of the time. Izzo was lashing out and getting angry. And, and he just kind of calmly answered and said, you know, over and over again, like, that's why I came here. You know, that's the co- type of coaching that produces the best out of me. 
Um, and I remember by the end of it, we're at the final four. And after a long media session, I saw him on a golf cart. Um, and I said, Aaron, you tired of all of us yet? And he smiled and goes, nope, nope, I'm good. Um, and, and that's kind of the way he was. So I, I, I appreciated how well he handled that and, you know, got comfortable and definitely got comfortable in a public eye as it went on. And I saw him really kind of drag his team along. And uh, yeah, I, I think the, um, he said after the Indiana game, uh, you know, we asked him how they did it. And he said, we just had to strap our nuts on and play. And that, that of the quotes that I've ever gotten from a player, that might be one. Um, that was just, just fantastic. Yeah, that we one. We don't get those quotes in football. <laughs> not anywhere close. Somebody we will be running wind sprints in the football. Relentless. Um, but I will say, poor Kyle, in the span of a little more than a year, you lose Winston, Tillman, and Henry. Those are, uh, those oh, are those go-to guys. Are great. Quotes. Yeah. Winston and uh, Tillman, man. They're, they're all great kids, man. They've had some great kids that just work hard and they turn themselves into NBA prospects. It's really impressive to watch. Yeah, Aaron Henry, he had the, I don't have time to get tired uh, quote. Didn't he have something about a fish and swimming and, you know, all that it, stuff? Don't praise a fish for swimming. Fish swim every day. Yeah, yeah. So that was amazing. I'll just remember him when he dunked over Iggy Brasdakis. Uh, in that, yes. <laughs> that 3 and uh when they went 3-0 and against Michigan, beat him in the tournament. Ignis Brasdakis was just, if you want to talk about Aaron Henry being one of my favorite players, that kid, oh my gosh, (laughs) he annoyed me so much. And to see Aaron Henry, one of my favorite players, just posterize him, which is now like a gift that you can search for on Twitter. Uh, That was one of probably my favorite moments because it was one of my favorite (laughs) guys dunking all over one of my least favorite guys. But he had a lot of moments, man. He was uh, an active guy. He gave us some dunks. The dunk against Michigan this last year was pretty sick. Um, one of my favorite players, definitely going to miss him on the team. He would obviously help them a ton next year if he came back, but probably the right call to go to the NBA and we'll see where he ends up. Hopefully he ends up in a spot where he has a chance to, to do something. You know, like we said, he's kind of seems to be ranked similar to where Tillman was sort of, uh, maybe could sneak into the first if the right team thought it, but has a good combine, but probably an early to mid second round pick that could have a chance to make an impact. So Aaron Henry will definitely get a look. He's got the body for it. Uh, maybe if he can bring that shooting along, uh, he'll be a pretty good player in the NBA. So it'll be fun to watch. But uh, Aaron wasn't the only guy who left the Michigan State basketball program this week. Thomas Kithier, uh, the uh, junior forward, his classmate, also deciding to leave via the transfer portal. Again, not too surprising. We had kind of speculated that this uh, or hinted that this might be coming uh, on the last pod. So uh, probably not a surprise for you, right, Kyle? No, I mean, his was a name that I had been hearing. Um, We're thinking about it and, you know, kind of leaning that way for a while. And I think kind of got got finalized this week. And, um, you know, like we talked about, it was was, um, a jumble of a ton of guys uh, last year fighting for minutes um, in that front court. You know, really four guys at center fighting for minutes. And they were all four coming back. Uh, so it, it kind of made sense that something had to give there um, or something was going to give there. And um, you, you look at Kithier's season, um, it, he had dwindled, his minutes had dwindled to the point where he wasn't getting in games late um, yeah. and was getting, when he did, it would be less than five minutes. So he went from being a starter um, a good portion of the season to not even getting in the playing rotation. So I, I think he saw the trajectory. I think he saw everybody, Everybody coming back, you know, a guy like Mike Sissoko is going to keep going to keep getting better. You know, uh, a lot of those guys are going to keep rising. And 
Um, you know, it just felt like he was bumping up against the ceiling. As Michigan State fans are well aware, um, you know, with his with his size and his um, and his athleticism, it, it felt like he was maximizing what he could do. And mm. um, at the end, that just wasn't wasn't enough to kind of hold on to that role. So I think it's it's a move that that makes sense um, for. For everybody, I mean, I think he'll go somewhere where a guy of his size and athleticism can play because he does a lot of good things. And I I think he can have a good college basketball career somewhere. But I I think it just became clear that it wasn't going to be at Michigan State from here on out. Yeah, I mean, 11 minutes versus Purdue on February 16th. After that, his minutes per game, 9, 6, 5, 1, 4, 2. He played 11 versus Maryland, but that was because, you know, Every player on the court yeah. had three and fouls because Bo there decided some to have in there too. Yeah, yeah. Bo Borowski decided to call every foul in the book <laughs> in that game against Maryland, so he, he had to play eleven minutes. But yeah, I mean, you, you could just see it. Like Thomas Kithier's a guy, you know. He and we can talk about. I know you kind of have a bone to pick with people scapegoating Thomas Kithier, but yeah. but uh, like you know, he, he's a guy who kind of became the scapegoat for Michigan State struggles this year. Totally unfair, probably, but he did struggle to guard elite big 10 bigs at times he kind of got pushed around he just wasn't big enough and yeah like you said he wasn't playing so it makes sense for him to leave you know I think he's a guy who could probably average double figures put up decent rebounding numbers at the mid-major level I don't he probably views himself as higher than that I was looking at his recruiting profile of, of schools that offered him I mean DePaul Detroit Oakland Rice Wisconsin Milwaukee uh I mean, those are the other schools that offered him other than Michigan State. Like, right. Uh, if you're going to be mad at somebody about the situation, be, be mad at Tom Izzo um, because it, it, we talk about Aaron Henry being a good talent evaluation and picking a guy out. Um, Thomas Kithier, um, you know, it, it wasn't a good evaluation for a guy looking for guys that are going to succeed at this level. Um, no fault of Thomas Kithier, it's just his size and athleticism aren't a good fit for the Big Ten. Um, and I, obviously they thought that, um, he could make it work. Um, and, and it didn't work out, but, um, you know, it, it I, I guess my bone to pick is you can say, okay, good luck, Thomas, you know, this wasn't the right fit. That's all. I, there were a lot of people celebrating in my mentions and my replies and celebration gifts and stuff like that. And it, it, that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way because, um, you know, he's a nice kid. This, this was his dream, you know, um, he, he wanted to play for Michigan state. He really wanted to play for Tom Izzo. He got the opportunity to do that. Uh, he worked hard for three years and it just didn't work out. And I, I celebrating that rubs me the wrong way. Uh, I understand, you know, cause he, he's out there every day. I mean, I would understand if, if you got a kid that wasn't showing effort or was making selfish plays out there, but you know, he's a guy that's out there who tried his best to make it work, gave a lot of energy for the program and, and it didn't work out. So um, yeah, you can say, you can say he's better off. You can say a lot of things, but the, the celebration I, I was, I was not a fan of because I, you know, it, that stuff, kids see that and mm-hmm. families see that. So just remember, even if you're a Twitter, nobody out there, um, if you're in replies or if you're, if you're tweeting names, I know you tweet numbers sometimes. Uh, I think that's probably a smarter thing to do. Um, uh, you know, family members and kids see that and it affects them. I just hope people realize that. Yeah, I mean, I this is actually a broader conversation that has been had a lot lately for, you know, Michigan State basketball Twitter specifically, but also with football. You know, Michigan State has a super passionate fan base, and that's a good thing. But 
you know, we got to remember that these are kids and I'm guilty of it too at times for sure. Being too hard on them, not looking at them as kids that are going to make mistakes and putting too much pressure on them. I'm probably guilty of it too. I've tried to check myself more recently, but there's people that comment out there behind aliases that just do not care. And they Mm -hmm. do not view these kids as people and they just view them as assets for their viewing pleasure. And, and that's where the, the line is crossed because yeah, Thomas Kithier by all accounts, great kid, clearly a smart kid who thinks the game of basketball was just limited on the big 10 level. And that's okay. There's very few players that can play well on the big 10 level and it just didn't work out. And really the only appropriate response when a kid announces that he's leaving is to just wish him luck because anything else that you do, looks bad and, and other recruits are seeing how people are reacting to things. Other teammates and parents, like you mentioned, are watching it and it just make, makes the program look bad. Even if, like you said, a, no, a nobody behind an alias on Twitter, if you're tr- representing Michigan state in some way, people see that and it can, it can be uh, bad for the program. And, you know, this is kind of a tangent, but Thomas Kithier was all season, really his entire career has been berated for, for right. being, you know, not good enough. And I saw personal attacks. You want to criticize the kid's game a little bit? I think that's in bounds. He's a Division One athlete at a major basketball program. But don't take personal shots and don't be a jerk. <laughs> no, I, I, comp- I completely agree. Um, you know, if you say, hey, you know, he needs to shoot his free throws a little bit better or this or that, you know, I, I mean, th- these kids are, they're not totally thin-skinned. I mean, they, they get what comes with the territory. But, you know, just the amount of venom I would see about him and the amount and celebrating when things didn't go well for him always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Cause it's like, I don't know. Like I don't get, I, I guess I'm a little divorced from fandom now, but like, you know, I, just, I, I don't, I don't understand that, you know, um, it doesn't go well for the kid. Um, I, I don't, I don't see the need to, to celebrate that. And um, I, I don't know. He just, he, he was a good kid. Um, he, um, I, I thought he served the program well. I, and I thought he, I thought, you know, for being as limited as he was, like, God, I'm going to sound like Israel for a second here, but like he made a lot of good plays when you when he was out there. But the, um, you know, whether it's tap outs or setting a good screen or making the right passes, he 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 impacted the game more than most people probably think. But at the end of the day, yeah, he'd get in a matchup where he was clearly overmatched and it was obvious and it couldn't work out. And um, I think he got every opportunity that he could, and it and it just couldn't work out. I will say the overwhelming amount of replies on his post were positive. So oh, that's good. good hopefully, on didn't that. look at my, hope, hopefully didn't look at my replies. Yeah, seriously. I, on his post, most of them were people wishing him good luck and that was good to see. So, and we wish Thomas Githier good luck too, obviously. Uh, you know, hopefully he lands somewhere where he can be an impact player. I think uh, based on his offers out of high school, maybe a step down in competition might be uh, a good well, route for him. So the, the weird thing about him in high school is he, com- he, uh, um, he committed to Michigan state very early. Which was one of the weird things about his recruitment, because normally a guy like that who's kind of questionable size-wise, talent-wise, you take him late after you've struck out on a, a guy or two. So it was always kind of strange to me that Michigan State took him very early. Um, but I, you know, I'm not saying that he's going to go to a high major, but I, I think his offer list was short because he committed to Michigan State so early and was so clearly very committed that um, I don't think he uh, he didn't he didn't go through the process until the last minute to get every big offer he could. He took Michigan State when it came. So I think he might have gotten some more if he had stayed in the game. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I don't you know we'll see. He seems like he'd be good at uh, at a mid major level. Looks like Michigan and Xavier were showing interest, but never got around to offering him. So there were some other you know major programs that were at least sniffing Thomas Kithier. Um, but but let's move on. Uh, we have. Uh, 
One more bit of information or news, I guess, from a basketball front that hasn't really been confirmed as news, but we've had reports that Doug Wojcik, Michigan State's recruiting uh, director of recruiting, is going to slide in to take the spot of of Dane Fife, and uh, the school hasn't announced it yet. Um, and, and Kyle, maybe you can shed some light on through some of your sources where that process is at. But uh, uh, it seems like there's not going to be this earth-shattering, outside-the-box hire made by Tom Izzo. No, that was always. If you were hoping for that, that was always, always probably a pipe. <laughs> you haven't been paying um, attention. If that's what you no, were hoping for. No, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I mean, um, Graham Couch, Lansing State Journal, reported the other day that it's going to happen. Um, people I talked to said, um, you know, it hadn't been announced. You know, internally, um, it doesn't sound like it's a done deal yet. But you know, the people I talked to said that that's kind of what where they expect it to go. So um, here we are on uh, Thursday late morning. Um, and nothing official yet, but uh, I'd be surprised if it doesn't go in that direction, um, which which is what we expected from the start. I mean, Tom Izzo doesn't go um, pluck some, you know, you know, hot shot up, up and comer with no connection to the program a lot. He um, he goes with people that he knows and people he relies on. And Doug Wojcik, you know, former assistant, brought back a couple years ago in a, in a recruiting director role. But I, I think that his title is a little misleading because he's not sitting there looking at tape all day. I mean, he's, he's watching film. He's sitting in all the coaches meetings. Um, he's providing a lot of counsel to Tom Izzo about how to run the team. So he was, he was already doing a lot of things that a coach does. I mean, obviously you gotta, to, you gotta, uh, you can't go off campus, off campus and recruit. You can't, you can't do some other things. You know, he couldn't do the things that a full-time assistant could do, but he did a lot of the coaching duties. Um, and so it, it, it's a logical move um, for them. Maybe not as exciting as some people hope, maybe not, you know, I thought there were a couple of reasons to bring in kind of a younger guy um, that didn't, you know, that didn't happen, but I, I think you want your staff to, to, to work well together and really trust each other. And then that's what, that's what, that's what will happen here. Um, and um, it, obviously Tom has gotten a lot out of his staff in, in recent years. So I think, I think he knows what he's getting here and, and there's a lot of value in that. Yeah. I mean, Michigan state, come on. Like they're one of the, you know, I put a poll out, which program cares about keeping it in the family more Michigan state or North Carolina. I mean, they're both like, we want to bring in our own. We want to, you know, keep things working on our own. I, I really didn't expect an outside the box hire, even though it would have been exciting, but you know, Wojcik has nine years of head coaching experience. You know, he's got a career record of 178 and 121. He coached at Tulsa from 2005 to 2012 in the College of Charleston from 2012 to 2014. Uh, went to postseason play in some form at both stops, averaging 20 wins per season and transitioning both programs to higher ranked conferences. Uh, there was the little dust up at College of Charleston, Kyle. I don't know if we've uh, where he kind of got uh, dismissed for being verbally abusive, or the board found that he would be. It was pretty likely that he was verbally abusive, um, and he had like a buyout situation there at College of Charleston. I don't know how much you really want to get into that until he's actually hired, but I would assume Tom would have to at least address that at some point. Yeah, when it's official, I'm sure it'll it'll get asked. Um, it, it'll get brought up. So, um, you know, he, he's been on staff for a couple of years, but since he's in an off-court role, you know, um, and not not really being hands-on with players as far as on the court, I didn't really feel like, you know, uh, that's something that needed to be addressed. But I'm, I'm sure it'll come up now, and, you know, they'll be expecting it, so there'll be an explanation um, for it. So um, we'll see where that goes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not exciting, but um, I – 
um, I, I think Tom's got a pretty good track record of bringing in guys that help him out. And, um, you know, Wojcik, uh, you know, interesting when, um, you know, he can't be out on the road recruiting, but he can, he can do, he could do things in his old and, um, well, and, and one of the things they talked about was Max Christie, um, apparently I think played AAU basketball with, with Wojcik's son. Um, so they pretty much get Max Christie because of Doug Wojcik, um, even though he wasn't officially like a coach, you know, I think that connection was made in large part because of, of Doug Wojcik and that helped him do it. So, I mean, he's, he's providing value. Um, and I, I think that, um, I think it'll, um, that, you know, we can talk about the other ways they could have gone, but I think this is a, it's a safe way. It's not, it's not flashy. Uh, maybe not as much as, you know, upside, uh, but you know, they're already recruiting. Well, I don't think they needed some, some jolt or, you know, and some recruiting from somebody. I mean, it's, it's, it's a program that's doing well. It's kind of making a safe play that that's going to, um, that's going to make everyone happy. Roy right. Williams isn't doing anything right. <laughs> and there's a few John guys Miller, out there. Yeah. John Beeline. I mean, <laughs> Man, could you imagine if Beeline would have ended up at Michigan State? Well, I'm, I, I'm obviously joking. None of that. None of these would have been the actual hires, but, but Beeline being an assistant for the first time in his life. Yeah, to Tom Mizzo. Wow, yeah. <laughs> that storylines. Story. The storylines you could get out of that. <laughs> Well, we'll keep an eye on it, obviously. Like we said, it hasn't been officially announced by the school yet, but seems very likely uh, that Doug Wojcik will be joining the staff and uh, joining the other guys that have been there forever. So uh, that's the trio of Michigan State basketball news we had. Uh, thank you, Michigan State. Thank you, Thomas Kithier and Aaron Henry, for giving us something to talk about in the offseason. We appreciate you, uh, and obviously good luck. But uh, let's get our annual football or our weekly football update here. Matt continues to be frustrated by lack of access and uh, lack of uh, real news. But um, what, can you, what can you tell us? What's, what's the hot topics right now? Uh, well, I mean, they're now two-thirds, well, Today would be the 11th of 15 spring practices, so they're kind of winding down. Second scrimmage was Tuesday. As far as details from that, uh, not much. Um, you know, we, we talked to Mel on Tuesday. We talked to defensive coordinator Scotty Hazleton yesterday, and Hazleton gave a few more details. I mean, it's a lot of this typical spring stuff. You know, you get guys asking who's standing out among the younger players, and he rattled off a few names like Cal Halliday's uh linebacker, um, Jeff Petrowski, defensive end, uh, safety Darius Snow, cornerback Kendall Brooks, you know, guys like that. But, you know, I mean, this is stuff you hear every spring. Um, we'll see if that actually translates into real contributions in the fall. Um, yeah, I mean, we, I mean, again, it's not like there are real details from the scrimmage as far as who won, who lost. Did they, you know, there were some highlights released uh, this week from both first scrimmage which was longer and there were some clips from from what appeared to be the second one but i mean take what from it what you want you know that they're going to show you what they want you to see um I saw a kenneth walker run it yes yes <laughs> kenneth walker i've heard of him um no yeah, he uh you know i mean it's mel mel is this is kind of fitting mel was asked what improved what group improved the most from scrimmage one to scrimmage two and he said the equipment managers so that's, a, that's an indication of what kind of information you're going to get. You know, he talked about special teams units being better, um, but he said something similar after the first scrimmage. So, and then he also was asked, you know, he said special teams was an area that really needs to improve the most. So, I mean, read between the lines. The spring game is April 24th at 2 p.m. We'll be live on BTN. Fans in attendance still TBD. Um, they said they're working on a plan. We'll see. 
Um, so yeah, that'll be your chance to get a look and see what this team actually looks like um, when they're running absolute vanilla on both sides of the ball, I'm sure, like everybody else does. <laughs> oh, man. Come on, Mel. Mel spent time in the NFL. Like, they, you know, they were like forced to give you information in the NFL with injury reports and stuff. Like, you'd think you'd be a little bit more open, but I guess not. Well, again, you know, we talked about this before. What, you know, what does it really benefit? I mean, I think you have excitement from the fans, you know, naturally um because you you know with just the way last year was with obviously the unique situation and new staff now you've got all these transfers out all these transfers in people are I think naturally curious but so he's not going to tell you who the starting quarterback is going to be he was asked again about that on Tuesday uh, third straight week so he's been talking and third straight week he did not say much everybody's getting reps it's a healthy competition and basically they will have a starting quarterback figured out by the start of the season. So he said after the first scrimmage of fall camp, they usually have a know which direction they're going to want to go. Obviously it's either uh, Peyton Thorne or Anthony Russo right now. That looks pretty clear. Um, did ask him about Elijah Collins and he said, uh, you know, cause obviously Elijah had that puzzling decline last year and Mel said that he, it's the second person. Connor Hayward said this too, that he's added, he's got his weight back up, which is, you know, an interesting comment. And he said he's running more explosive and he's looking good and he's had some good talks with him. And he's, you know, basically he, he thinks he's, he said his best football is ahead of him. So um, as much as people are getting excited about Kenneth Walker, and I think for good reason, and Jordan Simmons showed some things last year, you know, obviously still got Connor Hayward, but uh, you know, Elijah's still a guy who almost ran for a thousand yards couple of years ago so i wouldn't sleep on him this year well obviously a wayward on the spring game uh you know fans you know for me someone who doesn't get a press uh, credential very much hoping that we can get in and check him out and just get back to spartan stadium and be in my happy place again but uh we're still awaiting word on that but uh all right well anything else you guys want to touch on that we're missing here i don't think so they're probably gonna let transfers uh immediately eligible this week so, um, yeah. I mean, we've got all summer to talk about that, too. But I think that's a pretty, uh, pretty going to be a pretty significant thing for Michigan State and college sports going forward. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. We, yeah. I think I we mean, can talk- look at the, the guys that Michigan State brought in. Everybody is clearly expecting to be eligible to play this year. And I, all the coaches are expecting that to be the case. So just making it official would be a huge deal. Um, and then the dead period coming to an end uh, reportedly at the, you know, end of May. So it'll be able to bring guys on campus in June, which they've already been planning for. And, you know, that'll have been, uh, Michigan State hasn't had to, hasn't been able to, Mel and his staff haven't been able to meet face-to-face with recruits, uh, you know, in 15 months almost. But it'll be 15 months by the time this, the dead period ends. It's pretty remarkable that he's been able to get anyone to commit under those circumstances. So I know Mel's fired up about being able to get people on campus. And Michigan State basketball also has a new scholarship open now, right, Kyle? So we could see. More yeah, they got, they got one available. Uh, we'll yeah. see. I think they could use another wing. Just looking at their, um, at their depth chart the other day, but um, I was hoping Garrison Brooks would come, but he's going to, it looks like he's going to go to Mississippi state, the North Carolina transfer. Yeah. Uh, it, so. It's, it's been pretty quiet since, uh, you know, I'd heard that they really um, targeted Tyson Walker early. Um, and I haven't heard of anybody. I think that the big man from Penn state, John Harar, that they were linked with, but I haven't seen anything on that in a while. So We'll see. Um, it's always been with them. It's like it, they don't they don't fill it just to fill it. So um, there's also that one other kid. 
Oh, him? Yeah. yeah. So starts with an E, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, wouldn't, wouldn't hold my breath on that. <laughs> All right. Well, we can talk about that at a later day. We can talk about it when they fill it. We're running long here. We got to get out of here. But uh, thanks for listening here today. We appreciate it. Uh, like I said, if you could rate and review the podcast, it would be very much appreciated. Check out MLive.com slash Spartans and hit us up on Twitter via email if you have any questions. Going to need your questions here as the offseason, especially until we get to the spring game, and we'll let you know about fans there as well. Uh, But until next time, thanks for listening, and go Green!